Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Thanks for having me here, and uh, we have really, uh, my wife, this is my wife, Karma. She's, <laughs> we've uh, got married in 1982. Just a little context. We got married on Saturday, January 23rd, 1982. And then the Sunday, the 49ers won their first Super Bowl. So, so we came back to my mom's house. We were in Novato and uh, celebrated, watched the game. And, uh, and then we went to Yosemite. And then Disneyland. And Disneyland. <laughs> And so, anyway, it's good to be here. We really love and appreciate um, Pastor Rick and Anna and their family, and it's been great getting to know them. During this last couple of years, uh, uh, it's really been a comfort to me to be able to t talk with Pastor Rick and and just, you know, kind of like, what are you doing this week? I don't know, what are you doing? You know, it's like, you know, it's been difficult, and it's, and it's kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's been I'm just difficult. I have a friend right now who's in uh, uh, Queen of the Valley. He's been, uh, you know, in the IC unit with COVID. So probably a lot, a lot of us know people in the last uh, month or so, and it's been challenging. So um, keep praying for your friends and family. So uh, I want to talk this uh, this afternoon. I better get used to First Peter chapter four. If you have a Bible, turn to First Peter chapter four. And uh, the title of this message is "Armed with a Purpose." And you'll see. Um, and uh, you know we are we're living in challenging times, difficult times, and. and it just seemed like one battle, one challenge after another, and it's important for us to have a sense of purpose in the midst of everything. I have a kind of a sense of direction, and and um, and that's really helped me stay on course with the Lord and stay on course with what His plan and purpose is for our our lives and you know for the church. So. Um, Let's, uh, let's open in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for uh, this church, for Foothill and for all the brothers and sisters. Lord, we're, we're your church. Lord, we, we have different places where different people we gather with, but we're your brothers and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And thank you for what you're doing in our lives and I pray that you'd help me right now, fill me with your spirit, give me the ability to communicate clearly and confidently, and that your word would go forth and it would fall upon good soil and bear good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, and we'll see where I get this uh, title and theme. It says, therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, 
because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And this is a new American standard that I'm working with. But um, so the Apostle Peter is saying to the church, they're believers and they're living in really difficult times. I mean, the context is it was an anti-Christ, uh, you know, environment in their uh, in the Roman world. And there was a lot of opposition to the spread of the gospel. And, and there was suffering for being a, a believer in Jesus Christ. And, and so he starts off with Christ has suffered in the flesh. Arm yourselves with the same purpose. When we say arm yourselves, oftentimes you think, I've got to get a shotgun because this place is going crazy. You know, but that's not... That's not, you know, we're in a spiritual battle. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not from the, of the flesh. They're divinely powerful for the pulling down of strongholds. We need to remember ourselves when we feel very frustrated uh, that it's a spiritual battle. And, and Peter is reminding them, arm yourselves with the same purpose of Christ. Christ came into this world. He had a mission. He, he came here for a purpose, not just dust in the wind. He came here born of a virgin, you know, and, and he came to save sinners. He says he came into the world to save sinners, Paul says, of whom I was the worst of all. So he, he had a mission, but that mission involved suffering to, to fulfill the will of his father, to carry out the mission, it involved suffering. He endured rejection and betrayal and accusation and, and uh, even death on the cross for our sins. And what the enemy meant for evil, God meant it for good. And uh, I believe God wants us to have a sense of purpose for our lives. Um, let's look at verse 2. So he says, Peter says, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. He says, to live the rest of your time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men. He goes, no matter how old we are, I mean, it's, it's kind of strange waking up and being 66 years old. It's like, how did I get here? And you don't know how much time you have left. The rest of the time, Peter's saying, whether you're, you know, 24 or you're 44, 54, he's saying we need to dedicate the rest of our time here on earth, not for our sinful desires, but for the will of God. And uh, this is, we realize that time is, uh, is very valuable. And so he says, no longer for... Uh, for our sinful desires, but for the will of God. Let's look at verse 3. He says, For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. He's saying, You've had enough time to party, all right? <laughs> that you've had enough time in the past to carry out your sinful desires. It says now is the time to follow the Lord, to do the will of God. 
and we remind ourselves of the prodigal son. It's like he felt like, you know what, I need some time sowing my wild oats. So he left home, you remember the story, he left home and he went out to a distant country, somewhere near Las Vegas, I think. <laughs> and, uh, and so he partied, spent everything he had. He took his inheritance, spent all of his money, all of his time on loose living, drinking, and uh, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And, and, and then at one point, he reached that point where he said, okay, that's enough. This is going nowhere. In fact, it's going from bad to worse. He, he gets broke, he's out of money, he's in a pigsty, and he remembers his father and his father's house. And he goes, I, I have a better at home as a servant in my father's house and what I've done. And, and I think it's important, maybe you're here and you're wondering, you know, maybe I haven't had enough time to really party, you know. It's like, I need, I need maybe uh, three more months, you know, to, you know, I've got this girl, I've got this guy. It's like, I just need to keep, you know, uh, doing my own thing. But I believe the Lord really wants to say, it's like, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day to say, look, I've had enough time. It's time for me to follow the Lord. It's time for me to do the will of my Father because God has a purpose and a plan for each one of our lives. And that is important. And that's valuable. And that's what we'll find um, a joy in this life. Look at verse 4 and 5. And he says, In all this they are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excesses of dissipation and they malign you but they will give account of him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. I think it's a New Living Translation. It said, your former friends are very surprised that you no longer join them in the sinful things that they do and they malign you. One of the things when you start to say, okay, I want to follow the Lord. Sometimes you got to break away from friends that are corrupting you or you know bad company corrupts good morals and I know for me um, prior to coming to Christ you know you have your buddies you have your friends and you, you're partying and you know and it's like I realized that you know I've done enough of that it's time to make a change and unfortunately I you know it's like I couldn't keep going back to my old friends because if I knew if I would go into their house, I knew I would start partying again. And it's like I had to just stop kind of doing that and, and uh, start following the Lord and doing some, you know, it's like, wow, what do I do? And that's kind of what it, what it is. It's, Christianity is not just about what we don't do. It's like, okay, I'm a Christian. I don't do that, I don't do that, I don't do that. Well, what the heck do we do? It's like, you know, it's like, um, but that's what this message is about, is that God has something for you and I to do with our lives. Amen. Besides, you know, just staying home on Friday night and going, I got Friday night fever, you know. It's like, I gotta, gotta get out. Um, God has... A good plan and a purpose for us. Let's look at 
verse 6, and we start to see the purposes of God. So you get the picture. It's like, okay, Peter's saying, okay, no longer do this. You know, you've had enough time to do this. Now it's time to follow the Lord because He's got a purpose for your life. And, and uh, we'll, we'll start seeing what some of those purposes are for us. And these are things that all of us can be involved in. Verse 6, he says, For the gospel has for this purpose been preached, even to those who are dead, and though they are judged in the flesh as men, they will live in the spirit according to the will of God. The, uh, one of the purposes, one of the main purposes for us is to preach the gospel, to share the gospel. Maybe we're not all preachers, but we're all able to testify of the good news of Jesus Christ. This world needs good news. Right. The gospel is good news. We're not just to curse the darkness and say, oh, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. We're, we're bringing good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember the angels said to the shepherds, I'm bringing you good news of great joy, which is for everyone. For a child is born, a son is given, and, and that's what we, we need to remember. We've got good news. That God so loved this world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes will not perish, but have everlasting life. We need to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, he goes, I delivered to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was mixed, raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and he appeared to save us then to the twelve and then to more than uh, 500 at one time. Paul says, this is the most important thing I can share with you. This is the, the main message that this world needs. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God has given us his church, believers in Jesus Christ, to share the good news. I was talking with my wife, Karma, on the, on the way over. Um, we were watching um, something uh, by, um, some of you might have heard of Brian Stevenson, and uh, a powerful testimony of just, you know, his, his ministry, and a uh, lawyer, and death row, and different things. But it reminded me of when um, I was a young believer, we were living in Marin County. I lived, we lived in Nevada, and Karma and I were friends. We were going to the same church, and she was uh, kind of leading a small group of people to a juvenile hall in Marin County. And uh, yeah, they have a juvenile hall in Marin County. <laughs> they, and so we went there, and it's like I was really a young believer. And um, I had always wanted to help young people, um, but I really didn't know what to do. But once I got saved, you know, so we went, we would go out to the juvenile hall every Thursday night. And uh, what we would do is we would play a movie. A movie was called um, Set Free. The movie was called Set Free. And it was a movie about all these uh, guys on, in San Quentin. And, uh, and, and they would share their testimonies and, and then we'd share it with these juvenile hall kids and, and then 
And then Carmen said, why don't you get up and share your testimony? And it was like, I've never done anything like that. It's like, you know, so I got up in front of these kids after the movie and shared Jesus and shared my testimony. And it was like the Holy Spirit just, just like, wow, just came. And I felt the presence of God on me. And it was like, I felt like this is what you're here to do to share and uh, that was like a life change thing you know you have these things that happen to you and and that's we're here to share the gospel and God opens doors it might be one-on-one -on -one, it might be um, you know small group it doesn't matter God is going to give us opportunities to share the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ or your your story of how he's worked in your life the second purpose is prayer. Look at verse 7. He says, the end of all things is near. Feels like it, huh? <laughs> Earthquakes. But um, just the beginning of birth pangs. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. So the second purpose we have here is, is prayer. And this is really important. Christ died for our sins and rose again. And through his death, through the blood of Christ, we have confident access to the presence of God. That all of us, it's the, it's the priesthood of all believers. All of us, as believers in Christ, have access to the presence of God. And that we can come boldly and make our prayers and our petitions and our intercessions uh, um, known to God. It's, it's, it's vital. Because sometimes you feel like, well, I, you know, I can't go there. I can't. We, sometimes we feel helpless. If you're a parent and, and your, your kids are miles away and you feel like, gosh, I can't. What can I do to influence them? And prayer is, it is vital. It's, 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 uh, it's powerful, it's effective, it accomplishes much. And I believe God wants each one of us to have that revelation that prayer um, um, can accomplish much in the lives of uh, others. And so it's, it's important. I, one of the best things that I ever encountered was, it was a, a seminar, it was called Change the World School Prayer. And it, it, it was by a guy named uh, Dick Eastman. This was in, years ago in the 80s. And it just impacted me. It's like, he was, that was a ministry. If you're looking for a ministry, this is the primary. You and I can come before God and pray for our family. Paul said, this is my desire and my prayer to God is for their salvation. It's a spiritual battle. One of our main weapons is prayer, interceding for our family, unsaved family members, or they need healing. We're praying for our friends who have COVID. We're praying for, you know, healing and deliverance and miracles. That comes from God. But we, we can go to God and, and make our, our requests known to Him. And He, um, he hears our prayers for salvation, healing, deliverance. So keep on praying and don't 
give up. Yeah. Just one more testimony here. Karma's dad, um, Karma's dad is 90 years old. And uh, I mean, with my kids, we've been praying like 40 years. 40 years, our kids, you know, they pray, you know, we pray for him at bedtime, pray for, and um, he was just far from God. And just about two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, he, he called Carmen and said, I have Jesus in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really, a, 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 there was a witness that it was genuine. And it's like, so I'm just saying, God's saying, don't give up. Keep bringing those you know, unsaved family and friends before God. Because uh, you and I were one of those lost mm -hmm. souls that someone was praying for. Yeah. Yeah. So, preaching the gospel, praying, uh, verse 8, loving one another. He says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. He says, love, stay fervent in your love for one another. Jesus commanded his disciples that, that uh, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And all men would know we're his disciples by the love that we have for one another. You know, as a, as a, as a young believer, I remember I just fell in love with Jesus. It's like, wow, he died for my sins. You know, and I would just read the Gospels over and over, and I was like, this man. Uh, and then he said, now I want you to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Was, wait, wait a second. I like what we got going on here, you know. That you want me to love my brothers and sisters, and they're a lot different, you know. And, uh, but that's, that's what the world needs to see. He needs to see husbands and wives loving one another, brothers and sisters in Christ from every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every age group are loving one another. But we need to stay fervent in our love for one another. And I think uh, Peter was there when Jesus you know, gave the signs of the times. One of the signs of the end times was because of lawlessness, the lawlessness increased, the love of many would grow cold. The tendency when things get bad is for us to, for coldness to set into our hearts. We need to stay fervent in our love. It's, it's because of lawlessness, because of, you know, you, you see it. You see this growing hatred or growing division and discord and it creeps into the, the church and there's, you know, there, hey, we have differences, differences of whatever, but we don't have to let differences divide us. We're called to love one another. We're called to forgive one another. I remember um, one time our family, I've, we, have, we have four kids and now they're all adults. Um, I don't know how that happened, but we, we, they, say they were, came over to Regent Court, you know, and we were having some kind of holiday gathering, and, you know, I'm glad to see everybody, and I don't know, we're just standing around, and somebody said something 
that hurt my feelings. You know, and it's like they didn't even know. You know, it's like something was said, something was done, and I, it hurt my feelings. Like, you know, whatever. I don't know, but it was like my response was, okay, they're they're going to have a good time without me. You know, they don't need, they don't want me around. They don't need me around. And so I went in the garage. At that time, we had a garage that had a TV and a couch for times like these. <laughs> so I go, you guys have fun. I, I'm going to go have a pity party in my garage, turn the TV on, and I'll be happy, and you guys be in there, and I'll, you know, and, and I'm, so I'm kind of pouting, I'm withdrawing, I'm going in the garage, and, you know, and then it was like the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing out here? <laughs> it was like, your, your family's out there. Your kids are out there. You, you know, you need to be with them. You know, and, and that was the Lord saying, don't give in to that. Our tendency when we get hurt is to withdraw. We, we don't feel loved. We don't feel appreciated. We don't, whatever. And so we think, well, okay, I'll just withdraw. I'll withdraw emotionally. I'll withdraw physically. It's called a cold heart. It, and it can build and it can... And that's why Peter's saying, look, keep fervent in your love for one another. Don't give in to cold love. And, and you know, sure there's a multitude of sin. That's how we learn to forgive and to respond in the opposite spirit. Instead of withdrawing, we need to bless and serve. And that's what um, God's wanting us to be aware of, right? you know, during these difficult times. Keep loving one another. That's an important purpose. Caring for one another. Hold to one another without complaint. Hebrews 13, 2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. So we're, we're to love one another. It's very important, you know, as, as a church, you know, to, to keep loving and caring. And, and, uh, but it's also important to, to show hospitality to strangers. Remember, you know, when you were a stranger, when you were kind of the new person in town, or the new person at the church, or a new person at work, you know, it's good. Hey, reach out to that person and say, hey, but, you know, uh, welcome, we're glad you're here, anything I can do, that hospitality is an important ministry, and I know you guys have it here, but it's it's important to remember that you know sometimes when we go to church, we go it's like it's great to see our friends. Just need to remember that as uh, to reach out to strangers again. This was a key for me when I was new to the church in Nevada. And it was a boys' club, and it had baskets and hoops, and, you know, I felt okay. But, you know, going to church, I hadn't been to a contemporary, you know, this is 1980 guitar. It was, it was all new. It was all awkward. and I, I was an unbeliever. And, but they would, after the church, after I survived the church service, it's like, I'm not going forward. It's like, they... So, you know, they would invite me out to lunch. You know, to, we'd go out to a, a, 
an omelet house there, and uh, I felt more comfortable eating with people than being in a church service. And, but that helped me with that process of feeling welcomed, feeling, uh, you know, and so we need, we need to show hospitality, important purpose. You know, I know you guys have, you know, coffee and fellowship and different th things, I, I, I think, um, and that's important ministry. And um, so show, continue to show hospitality. Verse 10, another purpose is serving and using your gifts. Look at verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So in a lot of ways, the reason I love this text, this passage, because it really is like my testimony because you know it's you know, it after it was a process of discovering my gifts your gifts each one of us he says Peter says each one of us has received gifts there's natural gifts I have friends who are electricians and it's like that's that's a great gift that blesses people you know um, I don't have that gift it's like, I can change light bulbs, but, uh, but they're spiritual gifts. When we're born again of the Spirit, God, through the Spirit, gives us gifts and abilities that are to be employed and used and discovered and developed to be able to bless others. So there's, there's serving. It's, we serve, and then as we journey with the Lord, we discover our unique gifts, abilities, ministries, that can uh, help bless others. And God wants you and I to uh, know where our giftedness and employ it in serving others as good stewards of the grace of God. Um, I remember when, uh, when we were, um, Carmen and I were I think we were dating, I don't know if we were married, when they, they wanted to start a youth group at the church. And so they said, we're going to have a meeting for anybody interested in starting a youth group at the church. And so we showed up thinking, you know, we're, we're going to help out, let's help out, you know. So we showed up, nobody else showed up. So they said, okay, well you're in charge. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I've never even been to a youth group. It's like, but I don't know what a youth group is. And, you know, so they said, well, we'll help you. And so Carmen and I started, started this uh, church youth group at the, um, at, she was leading a woman's house, um, discipleship house, and we would have the meetings there every Saturday night. But that was just starting to get involved, getting, and, and it was through that, I began to discover and develop the, you know, the gifts that I had. So through serving, through just getting moving and helping and serving, that God opens doors and you begin discovering, um, you know, what God has created you and gifted you for. Amen. Amen. And then uh, one final verse here, um, verse eleven: Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. 
Whoever serves is to do so as the one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. He wants our lives to glorify Him. And we do that as we follow Him, and we you know, pray, and we love, and we serve, and we bless. Our lives um, will bring honor and glory to Him. But sometimes, in serving God, we, we discover that we cannot fulfill the purposes of God without the power of God. And that's what he's saying, is that God supplies the strength we need. Because it's, it's easy just to get weary of well-doing. You know, it's, you just get tired and weary and, and we need to rest. That's why there's the times to rest. It's days of rest is very important so that we can renew our strength in the Lord. You know, great times of worship like this afternoon, that's refreshing and refilling and renewing. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It's so important that we know where to go when we're weary and tired and we need God's strength. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, I was thinking about, you know, have you ever had a car that's run out of gas? You know? <laughs> uh, we've probably all gotten close to that. It's like, um, and, and then there's times when you try to, you're close enough to a gas station and you either got to push it, push the car down the block a little bit or you got to get it out of the way or something like that. I remember having to do that once and you, you just know it's like, thank God this isn't, you know, it's like, it's great having a car, but I don't want to push this thing around town. It's like, this is not the way it works. The way it works is let's get some gas in this thing get down the Safeway, get some gas in that so that it runs, you know, with power. And that's, we're not created. Sometimes Christianity is like, we're just trying to push this thing in our own strength. That's not a good plan. Right. You know, I've got to, you know, we need the power of God. We need to continually be filled with the Spirit to uh, empower us to do what God's called us to do. And that, that could be at home, at work, in ministry. We need the power of God's Spirit at work in us and upon us. Paul, The Apostle Paul put it like this in uh, Colossians chapter 1. For this purpose, and he's talking about presenting uh, every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Paul knew that he needed the power of God to do the purposes of God. So that's the message, and I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you, because I, I believe that if we really hear what God's saying and hear that God wants to be glorified through our lives and through his church, amen? Well, let's go ahead and stand. I don't know if you guys do that at the end of the service, but 
and Ella and somebody else. But uh, let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this time together. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for this church. This is your church. You purchased it through your own blood. Thank you, Lord, for this body of believers. I pray a blessing upon them. I pray that the rest of the time, the time ahead will be a, a fruitful season for everyone here individually and corporately. That this has been a difficult season, but, but you have been at work in us yeah. and through us. Lord God, I pray a blessing, Lord, that I pray that through this church, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus would spread to more and more people, more and more of our family members, more and more of our friends, more and more of our people, the people at work, Lord God, would hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Open up doors of opportunity mm -hmm. for us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I pray that each person here would, would know that their prayers are making a difference. Yeah, yes, that their prayers are accomplishing much. Do not lose heart. Do not give up. Keep on praying for salvation and healing and deliverance and, and doors to open, Lord. I just pray a blessing on, on the ministry of prayer in this church. I pray that, that uh, our love for each other will keep growing and maturing and bearing fruit. God, help us to forgive one another. Help us to not withdraw and let uh, our love grow cold. Help us to stay fervent in our love for you and our love for each other in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to show hospitality to one another, to open our, our, our arms, open our hearts to uh, others. Lord, for I believe you've got many more people that you want to reach through this church, Lord, help us to be hospitable and friendly to strangers. Lord, I pray for each person here to develop their spiritual gifts and to be able to serve others with those gifts as good stewards of the grace of God. And Lord, I pray for any one of us here who might just be weary We've kind of just run out of gas. And the good news is we're at the right place. This is the right place. Lord, it's time for a fill-up, Lord. If you want to get filled up again, just lift a hand or two into the Lord and say, Lord, fill me up. Fill me up. Lord, I just pray for a fresh filling of your spirit. We recognize, God, it's not by our might or by our power, but it's by your spirit that we can carry out your purposes, Lord. So I ask, Father, to fill us afresh with your spirit. Empower us to do your will in the days ahead. Thank you, God, that you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail yes. against yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.